Hi everyone and welcome to the No Bullshit Guide for Professionals with our series on career development. I'm Bill Chapman. And I'm Kristen Luciano. We're here to cut through the bullshit and to tell you the reality of all things with career development. To kick off our series, we're going to talk about personal branding. Today we welcome Amanda Healy to the podcast. She's currently head of branding for Internet of Things at Cisco and a nationwide speaker on personal branding. Thank you for joining us, uh, Amanda. It's a real pleasure for you to be with us. Thanks so much for having me. All right, let's cut right to it here. So you've championed personal branding as a means for career development for quite some time. Can you just explain to the audience what personal branding is and why should anyone care? Sure. So first and foremost, whether you think you have a personal brand or you think that you don't, the reality is that you do. It's just a question of if you are the person shaping that personal brand or if others are shaping it for you. And let me use this as an example to kind of bring it home a little bit more. Many of us are familiar with the show Shark Tank. So if you're not, you know, in, in a very small nutshell, People, inventors, uh, business owners, they go on this show and they have a group of judges called the Sharks and they're pitching their business or their idea or their invention and they're trying to get investment from this panel of judges. I want you to picture that you are on Shark Tank and you step into the spotlight, you've got the Sharks in front of you and you're ready to pitch your product, but your product is yourself. What would you say? How would you sell yourself to these sharks? How would you talk about what makes you different? What makes you stand out? How do you supersede your competition? This is personal branding in a nutshell. When we focus on our strengths, our story, who we are as an individual on both a personal and a professional level, that's what shapes your personal brand. And the good news about your personal brand Just like any other brand, whether it's a retail brand or a service-oriented brand, our brands change over time. They are a mix of who we have been and who we are and who we're looking to be. Your personal brand is a mix of your actual and your aspirational. And today in this podcast, I'd love to kind of get into, well, how do I define my personal brand? How do I hone it? Or if I know what it is and it's not quite where I want it to be, how do I evolve it over time? There are so many benefits to having a strong personal brand. From the jump, you're building trust and credibility. Uh, Think about the brands that you yourself love. Maybe it's a certain coffee brand. Maybe it's a certain clothing brand. You keep going back to that brand because you trust in their quality. The same goes for a personal brand. Other benefits are increasing your perceived value. We're living in a time where nothing is certain, including our jobs and our career. When you start to build a strong brand, you're increasing your value in the marketplace because you're honing in on your strengths and what makes you unique against others. You're gaining confidence. Knowing your brand is like knowing yourself because the first word in personal brand is personal. It's all about you. And when you start to understand what you bring to the table, you develop an innate confidence in who you are and where you're going. It helps you stand out as well. I mentioned it's an uncertain time um, for all of us. And having a strong brand makes you stand out from the thousands upon thousands of people on LinkedIn, or perhaps the thousands of people that are applying to a certain job or the thousands of people who are looking to get investment for their startup. You're giving yourself permission to be who you are. As I mentioned, it's a mix of your actual and your aspirational. Um, And this 
a permission, so to speak, allows you to show up uh, as yourself in your work and in your, your personal life as well. And this naturally just attracts opportunities. People want to be around people that have a strong brand, that are memorable, that they know what value they can get from being around or being connected to that person. So I know that was a lot of information, but hope that answers uh, your question, Bill. It does. And I'm glad you used the analogy with Shark Tank. I think that's a perfect, perfect example of how people should take that uh, as definition. I always tie personal branding back to product marketing because it's all at the end of the day, it's all about finding value and creating value. Um, and I think it's really interesting because product marketing, you're, you're um, grounding it in a product or software of some piece. Here, you're grounding it in yourself. Um, Amanda, I'm curious. Can you tell us a little bit about your own personal brand and also just the process of getting there? Because I feel like it's constantly evolving. Absolutely. And you mentioned something that is a huge trigger for me product. So if you're not super familiar with the Shark Take example, think of yourself as a product. You know, we all have different elements of a product. Maybe there's the wrapper or the external brand that you build around yourself. Maybe that's built through the photos that you put as your profile picture on social platforms like LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, Other product elements are the marketing. How are you marketing your product, aka yourself? Uh, What's the price point? You know, how are you valuing yourself? What is, to your point, the value that you are providing to others? When we start to think of ourselves as a product, the exercise of personal branding, and I call it an exercise because it does take work and it's something that you practice, but the exercise of personal branding becomes that much easier because we're thinking of ourselves in the product sense as to what benefit will someone take from interacting with our product or in this case, interacting with us, bringing us into their workforce or into whatever scenario it is that you're aiming to build this brand for. So speaking of my own personal brand, my personal brand is around storytelling. And I'm sure from my long-winded answer to your first question, you can tell why my brand is around storytelling. So I do a lot of jobs. By day, I work for Cisco based in San Jose, but I live in Boston. I run not only our brand marketing team, but I also run our digital marketing team and campaigns team. This is all about storytelling. Marketing in a nutshell is about storytelling. But by night, I do things like this, so to speak. Uh, Before COVID, I was traveling around the world, speaking at conferences and teaching people like yourselves how to tell their own story through personal branding. And then finally, as another side hobby, I do a lot with Instagram influencing and content creation, and I'm sharing the stories of those products or those services. I'm also taking and and photographing uh, pieces so that brands can tell stories visually with the content that I'm creating. So to your point, how how do you start this out? How How do you find out what your own brand is? I like to think of I don't know, maybe our lives or our careers or all of that mixed together, almost as a tapestry. And the tapestry is long, but there is a central thread that connects the tapestry. It connects our past to our present to our future. And when you hone in on what is that central thread that ties it all together, that is your personal brand. So when I looked at my 
day job, my night job, my passions, my career, where I feel most connected and where I feel most alive. The thing that kept coming to me was storytelling and the ability uh, to take a concept and build a story around it or to help others tell their stories or to help tell the stories of different products and services. So it's definitely an introspective exercise, but I do have some places or some ideas to help you get started. When I work with companies or even individuals, one of the things I always recommend, and it's completely free, is to do a 360 degree survey. What I would recommend is to create a survey monkey, again, free service, and create a very, very simple survey. And maybe the first question is something like, what is the first word you think of when you hear my name? Maybe the second question is something like, what do I bring to the table that no one else does? And then maybe the final question is, what is my biggest strength? And then I would also add a question and let people know that this is anonymous and ask, how do you know me? Are you a colleague, a friend, a family member, um, any other kind of relationship that you may have? Because you might find that your family has a strong brand Uh, for you then that differs from the brand that people from work see you as. And the reason I suggest these questions is that often our biggest strength or many times our biggest strength is so innate to us that it's like breathing, that we don't even realize it's a strength in the first place. When I conducted a 360 degree survey for myself, one of the most uh, common phrases that came out of that was, or terms I should say, was energy. And I would never have thought of that for myself. Uh, But time and time again, survey uh, responses kept saying, you have a great energy. You have a huge positive energy, energy, energy over and over and over again. And what's great about this is now that I know it is one of my strengths, I can use it to my advantage and I can hone it and showcase it in both my personal and professional life. So I'd really encourage if you're having trouble knowing where to start with your brand, Try this out. You might be surprised about what you get for responses, but also take your ego out of it. Be open-minded. Be accepting of the feedback that comes in because even if you find a trend in those survey results that you aren't super psyched about, the good news is now you know where your brand is from an external perspective and you can work to get it to where you would like it to be. I love that last part there too. I feel like it's kind of a nerve-wracking process to go out and do a 360 survey. Even when at work, when we do the 360 feedback sessions um, for your performance reviews, I get so nervous <laughs> about what right. you're saying about me, but that you're right. That's the best way to get that kind of feedback. Um, Bill, we should take this as a workshop. You and I should do this with each other. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I think I, I thought that's a great example because I uh, it, it went right into the next question of just like how, you know, where do they start and uh, you know, from a no bullshit recommendation. And I think that's great because um, everybody that looks to start somewhere is trying to, and I've been guilty of this before, tries to look for that, you know, perfect budget sheet or that perfect template that is going to help turn around. And it's, there's always that search for it, but I think a 360 survey is, is amazing for, for everyone to, to get started for that. 
The other thing I would recommend as well, which is very quick and easy is, and I would do this even today, is to do a quick Google search for yourself, first name plus last name, and take a screenshot of the results and file it in a Word document. After you've gotten the Google results, go into images and take a screenshot of that. A personal brand is a mix of how we see ourselves and how others see us. And for better or worse, many times the first place that people are going to, in quotation marks, meet us is going to be online. So when you email me and I throw your name into a Google search, what is coming up? Is it your LinkedIn profile? Is it someone else's LinkedIn profile? Is it a dead Twitter account that your intern convinced you to start and you kind of abandoned? Is there a photo that your friend tagged of you on Facebook and maybe they're public so it displays on Google search? Take inventory of how the external world is seeing you through digital media and then compound that with the 360 degree survey. And then as you go through the process of taking your brand a little bit further, maybe starting to invest some time in your personal brand, over time, take inventory again of that Google search. Is your LinkedIn profile starting to rise closer to the top for search results um, from an organic perspective? Are the images changing? For, again, better or worse, first impressions have always been incredibly important. But what's changed a bit is that often our first impression will be a digital first impression. The benefit of that is that we have a lot more power to shape that perception than we do a physical first impression where we shake someone uh, someone's hand and they form a snap judgment about whatever they hear or see. Online, we're the ones that are picking our profile picture or what our headline says on LinkedIn or what we're tweeting. So keep that in mind as well. Your personal brand is definitely offline, but is also living online. And it's a mix of both of those aspects of who we are. I just did a quick Google search of my name. I didn't know existed. <laughs> exactly. It's always a bit surprising. And and you mentioned because LinkedIn is a, is a great, great tool for, for personal branding. Do you... Would you advocate that for all the other different social media platforms itself, or do you uh, tell some of your uh, your followers and listeners that it's uh, it, it should be limited uh, based on whether this is for a career or a side hustle or just uh, for personal? What do you what do you usually say to that? I would take the approach of marketing one hundred and one and apply it to yourself as a product. So. If I'm going to do any sort of marketing for anything, whether product, service, person, then first thing to start with is what is your top objective? What are you looking to do? Are you looking to grow in your career? Are you looking to become a thought leader or an influencer? Are you looking to sell um, and, and sell inventory or sell service, etc.? And you might have more than one objective. That's fine. But write those down and stack rank them as well. From there, once you have your top objectives, Go into persona development. Who is the audience that you have to reach to be able to meet or achieve that objective? From there, once you have your audience sorted out, and it doesn't need to be a super extensive thing, but just, you know, who am I going to need to coerce or win the heart of to make this objective a reality? From there, from there, look at what, what is their watering hole? Where do they spend their time? Are they mostly on LinkedIn? Are they on Twitter? Are they on Instagram? And that should really guide your strategy. 
I like to say that social media is like peanut butter. If you spread it too thin, it sucks. It's brittle. It's not memorable. But if you concentrate it, it's delicious. It's literally sticky. Uh, and it's something that you, you know, keep coming back for more in, in some ways. If you're not a peanut butter fan, then I apologize. Maybe replace it with chocolate. But uh, regardless, the average person should only be investing their limited amount of time in one to two social media channels max that achieve their objective and reach the audience that they need to, to be able to achieve that um, objective. So by and large, I believe that LinkedIn is the most powerful platform on the planet for personal branding. It's a professional platform. You're able to add rich media. You're able to not only show me what you do, but show me how you do it and have third-party recommendations of, of how well you do it. It's an incredible way for someone to see all of your strengths uh, as well as a bit of your personality as well. And we can speak a little bit more to that. But for example, perhaps you are a very visual person or your industry is a visual industry. Perhaps it makes sense to double down on Instagram. Um, but either way, I, just like advertising, if you are trying to advertise on every single channel and reach every single person, you will reach very few people because you're just the, the message to have the same message across every avenue and be targeting everyone, it will never work. You really want to concentrate your efforts where it will return the most uh, for you. Actually, I wanted to go a little bit into that because you touched on, you know, it really depends on your goal. Um, I love the, the, first of all, I love the conversation about how you should only stick to maybe two max social social media networks because Bill and I went through that entire process when we first came out with this podcast. We tried to be everywhere at once and it's First of all, way too much work, way too many different audiences. It's better to just narrow it down and focus. With that being said, it takes a while to build up your brand, and especially on all these networks or whatever channels you're using. Um, Can you give us some timelines of how long you think it takes to build up a brand and build up some of this um, networking? I think it definitely varies by channel and it also varies by a number of things. What's trending? What's your niche? For example, you could catch one big break on, say, Instagram. Perfect example. Brody Jenner reposted something that I had created uh, two days ago. Huge jump in my following, huge jump in my engagement was a random break that came out of nowhere that I couldn't really have anticipated. So in general, there are so many things that you won't be able to account for, but there is certainly step-by-step process to starting to build that groundswell. And I think the key is consistency. So regardless of social channel or even regardless of initiative, consistency is key. So even if you're, say, just starting out on Instagram, and you don't have that huge of a following. Well, the only way to build a following is by creating content that is compelling, that causes people not only to find that content, but to want to follow you to receive more of that content. So it always really starts with the value. What value are you providing? Everyone wants to know what's in it for me. And so by starting to start to build your content engine, eventually you will begin to reach the audience that you are going after. So I would say there's no definitive timeline. I think that different things and different initiatives grow in different ways. But I also think that it always starts with having a strong value and reaching the right audience who will 
appreciate and understand that value. Uh, so I, I don't think there's a clear answer for it. I think that, you know, if we were to take this to LinkedIn, for example, I would start with building the profile first, getting, again, that's the content aspect, getting your profile to where it needs to be. And then starting with the content sharing engine. So how often are you posting on LinkedIn? What value are you providing through there? And then also an audience acquisition strategy. So starting to add people to your network, starting to join groups so that you can expand your network there. It's definitely going to vary by channel and it's going to vary by objective. Um, But I think consistency is key. And I think just as always, and just as all of us marketers know, content is king as well. Yeah, I I can't agree more. Um, It's really interesting how, well, first of all, content is really hard. It's what you put into it is what you get out of it. There's so much you can do with content and content can mean anything, social media, blogging, whatever else you can think of. Um, And I I mean, you can get there by just posting once a week or you can get there by posting as often as every day, um, but it's also up to your own time commitment as well. Agreed. And and I love that you said that. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I fully, fully believe in that. I would rather do something wholeheartedly and as best as possible and do it less often than to just skim the surface. So even when it comes to shooting content, you know, like I'll have like a full blown photo shoot for one client and even, you know, friends, family, my significant other will be like, why are you putting so much effort into this? And it all comes back to that mantra for me. I I firmly believe that my own success and the success that I've seen in others is due to that focus on creating the best possible content or the best possible experience uh, for your customers or for your end audience. Definitely. Now, one of the things that we talked about was really is was becoming more goal oriented when building your personal brand. And I think one goal that a lot more people are having in this COVID era are how to keep their job or how to find a new job, unfortunately. Um, And I'm curious to get more tactical. If you're that person um, with the goal, I'm trying to fight to keep my job and do it by having a strong personal brand or even look for a new job. What would you say are some of the... um, Best, way, best strategies for doing that, for creating your brand specifically for the objective of job acquisition. Absolutely. So LinkedIn is going to be your best friend there, regardless of if you're in the market or even in that scenario. I know that any person on this planet, if their dream opportunity came their way, regardless of how happy they are in their current role, they would be open to that work. And so LinkedIn actually has a feature. And if you Google how to let recruiters know you're open on LinkedIn, it'll pop up and show you a step-by-step. So I actually keep that on at all times. It's a private beacon or message to all recruiters and only recruiters can see it. No one in your network can see it. That states that you are open to work. And what's even better is that it has an area in which you can include a personal note. So for me, I don't have time to waste um, with you know opportunities that aren't the right fit for me. Maybe it's a sales opportunity, for example. So in that blurb, I say exactly what it would take to make me leave my current place of employment, whether that's salary requirements, location requirements, et cetera. So at minimum, even if you are happy in your role, I would really recommend this as a best practice to put that beacon on and to add a personal message as well. To your question, if you are in the market or if you are concerned about uh, maintaining or keeping your job, LinkedIn is the best 
place to solicit opportunities, maybe even opportunities that you did not know you were in the market for. Um, The reason I keep touting LinkedIn is that, knock on wood, I have never actively sought a job uh, aside from straight out of college. And then from there, by having such a strong personal brand on LinkedIn, recruiters and direct managers have found me through that platform and reached out with various opportunities that have then guided my career and gotten me into each role that I've had since college. What I'm saying is, LinkedIn has incredibly powerful search capabilities, and it also has incredibly powerful SEO, search engine optimization capabilities as well, which means if someone is searching, let's use the example of social media, and on Google, they type in social media marketing or social media marketer, whatever it may be. LinkedIn is going to come up on that search and it's going to have profiles there. And then, of course, if they search on LinkedIn for that, they're going to have a huge pool of candidates, quote unquote, that they can sort by geography, skill set, etc. So if you're building a strong LinkedIn profile and having that uh, searchability for those key terms, And I teach a whole workshop on this, but essentially having those keywords in your headline, in your summary, in your role description, in your skills, and those skills are endorsed by others. All of a sudden, your name is going to keep coming up. And again, if we take it back to the example of thinking of yourself as a product, if you were to open a store or uh, a website or whatever it may be, you would be bidding on keywords in Google or at least trying to show up organically without paid Uh, for those key terms. Think of yourself as a product in this way. What are the key terms that you want to be showing up for? For that next job that you want, what would people be searching on to try to find a candidate for? And then craft your profile around this. Again, I strongly believe that LinkedIn is the best place to do this. You can absolutely do it on other channels. So perhaps as an example, your hairstylist and Instagram is a much more um, suitable channel for this than say LinkedIn, maybe many hair salons are not on LinkedIn, but they are on Instagram, then you can start to do this through Instagram as well. It's just a little bit different. You're going to have uh, cater your bio to what they're searching on, cater your hashtags of your post. Maybe you start a highlights reel that shows, you know, all of the different styles that you do, updos, downdos, et cetera. Maybe you start a story campaign or a behind the scenes campaign of uh, what you're able to do while styling. The list goes on and on, and you can take this into any industry. But again, get back to what is your objective? Who are you targeting to reach that objective of getting a new job or staying in your current role? And then begin to craft the content around that objective and that audience. And I think you bring up a great point when you're trying to really self-actualize yourself and to use everything to to its fullest potential to get you in the best possible position. From the people that you have spoken with uh, over the years and the speeches that you've done on personal branding, what would be some of those like questions and challenges that people have run, uh, run into when they first started creating it uh, or first started trying to create their own personal brand? Sure. One of the most common ones that I hear is a level of not being comfortable with owning who they are and owning their strengths. So for example, I speak at a lot of major women's conferences and I also speak at a lot of STEM events, um, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. And 
I've run into a lot of personalities of people who they are so incredibly talented, so incredibly intelligent. And yet when it comes to owning that and, and having pride in that, especially in a public place such as LinkedIn, they're very uncomfortable with it. And just to throw in another quote that I love, and I don't know where this comes from, but uh, it's something to the extent of, if you don't toot your own horn, don't expect the band to show up. And unfortunately, that's a reality. No one is going to manage your brand for you, and no one is going to manage your career for you. We have to get comfortable with who we are, and we have to be comfortable with the value that we bring to the table. It's not boastful. It's not um, you know, throwing it in anyone's face. It's factual that this is what you bring. This is who you are. We have to own it. And I think it also takes time over you know, the course of maybe the 360-degree survey or building out your profile. You start to get better and better at honing your story, your voice, and being able uh, to leverage that and showcase it in a way that's authentic to you. I think that's key as well. And a huge part of personal branding is being authentic to, to who you are and, and what you're all about and your values. So that's one area that I get quite a few questions about. I also get the question around or a question around how do you merge your personal and your professional life? I think for better or worse, there's one thing that this pandemic has taught us is that those things are merging and blurring more and more every day. And I know for myself, when I'm on uh, camera for a work meeting and someone's child pops in or their pet pops up. It's awesome. It's like, it's a reminder that we're all human and that we have lives outside of work. Well, the same goes for your personal brand. It's, as I mentioned, a mix of your actual and your aspirational. It's the best version of yourself, but it's still yourself. So bring your personality into your brand. People don't remember facts or figures or milestones. They remember people. They remember interesting things about them or the way in which that person made them feel. So I think when it comes to channels such as LinkedIn, sure, it's not your Facebook. You don't need to be you know, posting your family's pictures or talking about what the kids dressed up as, as for Halloween, but bring a piece of who you are into it. So maybe you're really passionate about an organization that you volunteer for, uh, bring that into it. Or even better, tell us why you're so passionate about giving back. Make it an even broader topic because who we are outside of work influences and impacts who we are inside of work. I would not be the marketer that I am if not for speaking. And I wouldn't be the speaker that I am if not for having a marketing background. They're all interlinked. It's just up to us to figure out what that linkage is. And as I mentioned, mentioned the thread in the tapestry. And then finally, one big question I always get is, how the heck am I going to find the time to do this? And so I have a homework item for you, and it's a really easy one. I would like for you to put on your corporate calendar or Gmail calendar, whatever you use the most, every day, maybe it's just during the work week, that's fine. Pick out 20 minutes, just 20 minutes for yourself. Maybe it's at two in the afternoon when you typically will go grab an iced coffee, whatever it is. And I want you to make a private meeting for yourself that says something like personal branding time, phrase it however you want. But when that meeting reminder comes up on your calendar or on your iPhone, 
iPhone or on your smartwatch, all of a sudden you're reminded, okay, I just need to take this small amount of time to do me. I need to focus on, maybe you're focused on LinkedIn and you're going to knock out like one item that day. Maybe you're changing your cover photo or updating your headline. But as you start to do this, it becomes a habitual process. Instead of, you know, going through this podcast and hearing these tips and tricks and then trying to carve out an entire day to focus on it or a half day or whatnot, you will procrastinate. You will not do it. You will dread it. Uh, You might not be efficient in the time that you carve it out. Instead, make it into bite size or snack size pieces. Give yourself just one small task and then reward yourself. You know, maybe you do those three things on LinkedIn and then you get your coffee or maybe you achieve, you know, X, Y and Z and then you get to go for a walk, whatever it may be. But make it manageable for yourself. No one has the time. We have to make the time. And ultimately, you know, as I mentioned, no one is going to do this for you. It starts and ends with you. But you'll start to see immediate results because all all of a sudden you're taking just that. And again, you can make it 15 minutes. That's fine, too. But make it work for you and make it work for your schedule and view it as your time to give back to yourself and invest in yourself. And you make a very, very good point when it comes to just just to do it, just to setting aside the time to do it. And it reminds me of this of a quote from George Bernard Shaw. It's one of my favorites. Uh, The people who get on in this world are the people who get up and look for the circumstances they want. And if they can't find them, they make them, they create them. And you're absolutely right. You have to be able to create that opportunity for yourself if if no one's going to give it to you or you you can't find it. Exactly, exactly. I have a few thoughts as you were talking. I was just writing down notes to myself. It's so funny because one of the first things that you talked about was pretty much about being unapologetically yourself and feeling like you can bring um, the personal side of your uh, yourself and the career side of yourself together. I feel like historically, I mean, just talking to my mother and back when she was working in business, um, you, you had to keep a delineated line between your personal and work self and it was for professional reasons or whatever but I feel like one in these days and times and especially during this COVID era that blurred line actually brings a human element to the relationships you're building in your career and I feel like that's becoming building trust and breaking down boundaries in a very positive way so it's okay to be unapologetically yourself to a degree obviously Yeah. And I feel like there's also this imposter syndrome that especially women have. And I, we want, we're going to get into an episode about this later in this series, but for women, especially we have this, um, innate, um, whatever it might be to, to be, um, feel like you're an imposter of your own brand and you could, you're not supposed to feel like you're bragging about yourself, but you are bragging about yourself. And that's a good thing. It doesn't need to be seen as a negative thing. Um, so I think one thing I would love to focus on in a future episode is how to get over that. Right. <laughs> um, over being an imposter of your own brand. Absolutely. I, I see it constantly and I hear it constantly from others, women or not women, just people in general, um, having trouble getting over that syndrome, finding who they are, celebrating it. Uh, so yeah, if you guys decide to have a, a standalone podcast on episode on that, I would be more than happy to contribute. Yeah, we would love that. Um, also, going back to like taking things in little chunks and making carving out the time in your day. Fun fact, if anybody uses the Google 
or the Gmail app or the Google Calendar app, I should say. I use it religiously. If you go into your Google Calendar app and you press the plus line, there's a little uh, thing that pops up and it says goal. If you go into that, you can set goals based on whatever. So me time is one of the sections. You can create a custom within that, create um, a reminder for however often you want to put that on. And it sets it up so that it reminds you on your phone at the same time every day or however often to take that time and make sure nothing else gets scheduled over it. That is so cool. I love that. That is cool. Wow. I didn't know they did that. That's cool. Yeah, I use it all the time. (laughs) Fun tip. Anyways. (laughs) So Amanda, just to round out everything that we've talked about here, uh, what are some of the three things uh, that listeners can or should do today to get started with their personal branding? Yeah, sure. I I might build it into five. Is that okay? I promise some of them are smaller and easier. Of course. <laughs> Perfect. We've already talked about many of them. So first, uh, I'd like you to schedule that me time that we just talked about, whether it's through uh, your Google calendar, your work calendar, but 15 to 20 minutes every single day, please. That's your, your first homework item. Your second one is to Google yourself, as we talked about, and screenshot the results. I would also recommend doing this with your LinkedIn as well, if you have one. Uh, take a screenshot of where your LinkedIn is at today, how many connections you have, how many views you're getting on the analytics tab, all of that. I think in order to evolve of our brand, we have to have a baseline of where it is at present. And by doing this, you have a snapshot in time. So number one is your calendar appointment. Number two uh, is to screenshot your Google results, potentially your LinkedIn results. Number three is that 360 degree assessment. It might sound like a lot of work, but it's actually very quick and easy to stand up. I would try to send it to about 10 to 15 people. You can use this podcast as an impetus. You could say, hey, I just listened to this podcast on personal branding. This is one of the homework items that I received. Here's where I'm trying to get to. By the way, it's going to take you 60 seconds to fill it out. It will hugely um, help me out. And it's completely anonymous. So that's your third one. And then number four is to really think about your platform. Think about your objective. Think about your audience and then choose your platform in which uh, to start building. And then finally, if you are kind of at a a loss, maybe you've picked LinkedIn as your platform of choice and you just need help. Um, I have a whole host of resources to help you get started. I even have a person um, that I partner with who will help write your LinkedIn for you. And perhaps that will change or extend into writing your Instagram for you or your resume for you. So number five is reach out where you need help. Find the resources to do so. Uh, If I don't have a resource, I can at least point you in the, the right direction. And I'm sure by the end of this podcast, we'll give you some, uh, some plugs and how to get in touch with me. But those would be my, my five. And a lot of them are instant and easy to help you get started. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. And this has been a wealth of knowledge. And I know Chris and I are definitely going to be uh, doing those for ourselves as well um, <laughs> and, and getting ourselves started. Uh, anything that you'd like to plug uh, before we sign off? Sure. Uh, So I love feedback. If you listen to this podcast and found something of value and or have any sort of question, the best way to instantly reach me is through Twitter at Amanda underscore Healy. That's H-E-A-L-Y. 
Uh, and then, as I mentioned, I have a resource. If you need help writing your LinkedIn profile, just Google level up your LinkedIn and Amanda Healy. And there's a short form to get started. We interview you. We ask what your objective is. Uh, we try to get to who your audience is and we'll actually write your LinkedIn uh, profile for you. And then finally, as I mentioned, I'm a public speaker. So I run into uh, companies all the time or organizations that are in need of someone to come in and run employee development workshops or group development workshops. So I run workshops on personal branding as well as social channel specific workshops. So for example, if you need an Instagram course or a LinkedIn course or a Twitter course, Basically, if you think of anything related to social media and or marketing, I most likely run workshops on it, uh, virtual now, of course. So the best way to contact me for those is by email. My email is amanda.healy37 at gmail.com. And my last name's H-E-A-L-Y. And that's it. Those are my plugs. Thank you so much, Amanda, for being on with us. This has been hugely, hugely helpful. And we hope to have you back on for another episode. Thank you, Amanda. Appreciate it. An absolute pleasure. Thank you both so much for having me. All right. Well, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, do Please do the homework that uh, Amanda has spoken about. Uh, it's really going to help you out. And uh, please uh, continue listening in for the next few episodes on our career development uh, series. The next one we have up is going to be with uh, Bill, Con- Bill Connolly on advocating yourself. So until then, I'm Bill Chapman. And I'm Kristen Luciano. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next week.